get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. from Alton, Illinois, who is our winner for the Dead & Company pair of free Way tickets. To go, Way to go, Ryan. Uh, Alton, Illinois, home of the Redbirds, Mike Ryder tells me. Which, by the way, some weird mascots going on in the Illinois area, apparently, from what I'm understanding. But you missed out <laughs> on your chance at those free pair of Dead & Company tickets. We're giving them away all week long, so just make sure you're staying tuned here to 101 ESPN. Now we head to the Brown & Crouppen celebrity line and welcome in one of my favorites. He's on MLB Network. He is Keith Costas. And Keith, uh, I, I'm wondering if you're still... Um, in the disappointment mode from the Cardinals being eliminated in that wild card round? Uh, I won't say I'm quite over the disappointment, but luckily the chaos and the busy nature of the postseason hasn't given me much time to dwell on it. So certainly a couple tough losses, but plenty going on to keep me distracted for the time being before I settle into an offseason depression. The benefits of MLB <laughs> Network, I would assume, or you don't have to sit there and dwell on it. But Keith, I know you're a huge Cardinals fan as much as you are a uh, employee at MLB Network and just a baseball fan in itself. But just give me your thoughts. How did you view this Cardinals season? I mean, I think it's hard to be too disappointed when you look at it from a macro level. It was such a fun season and exceeded any reasonable expectations anyone could have had for what Albert and Yachty's last ride was. And frankly, I wasn't all that surprised with how things went in the postseason. Obviously, they could have, things could have gone differently. It's baseball. Anything can happen. But I actually said the morning of the series starting, would it surprise anyone if they scored two or three we're done in two games. No, it wouldn't, and that's basically exactly how it played out. You know, you run into a team with two hot pitchers and a couple of hot bats, and it is what it is. We've seen the Phillies be able to carry it on. So in the big picture, it's going to be a memorable season, and anything short of a World Series, even they make a deep run to the NLCS or even get to the World Series, I think the memories of Albert getting to 700 would override that. So it's hard to call it a disappointment, as tough as it was, to swallow that loss to the Phillies in the wild card round. Keith, obviously we've been, you know, talking about off-season moves and things that you're hearing and things like that. What do you think likely is the best fit? Just throwing it out there, possibilities for guys that could come over here. You know, you hear Turner, Correa, and Contreras even. Is there somebody that you think would be the best fit for the Cardinals? Yeah, I mean, they've got lots of options, obviously, with some holes to fill. To me, the one guy that could be out there that feels the most Cardinalish, for lack of a better term, would be Dansby Swanson, but it's hard to see that happening given the whole background with you know him being an Atlanta guy and everything he means to that franchise. You know, having kind of that Braves footprint type player seems to be sort of their part of their business model. There's a lot of those Southern guys in Atlanta area guys in Atlanta, and especially after losing Freddie Freeman, I can't imagine they would want to see another homegrown star like that walk, but. To me, Swanson, with his defense and kind of his improved offense over the last couple of years, would be a perfect fit for the Cardinals. I'm just not sure I see that happening. And to me, the tough, the tough thing, and I'm sure you guys have talked about it, it's not exactly a hidden narrative, is all these holes they have to fill. It's easy to see what the kind of alternative plan would be when your top three prospects, at least in terms of position players, are a catcher, a shortstop, and an outfielder. <laughs> 
which are all areas where they could make moves. It's, you know, it's easy to see when they didn't pull the trigger on a guy like Juan Soto, they could just hold Pat and say, we've got help coming to any of these positions. So it's kind of hard to handicap even with the multitude of directions they could go. And Keith, that's where I think I always come out when it comes to talking about this offseason for the Cardinals. And I understand the narrative that they don't usually do this, but it's what you said, opening up for that wildcard series. You said, would anybody be surprised if they just scored two runs and lost in two games? And yeah, the Jordan Walkers, the Mason Wins, the Yvonne Herreras are all there for them. But I look at this offseason and say, this might be the year where you need to go out there and get that big bat. The problem is there's not a lot of big bats in the outfield all of the big bats are at shortstop when of course they're going to cost you a ton and then you got Wilson Contreras but for me I think you just need to get that bat yeah and it's interesting you bring up Contreras because I think there's going to be this reflective nature that you know in the post Yachty era of the Cardinals it's going to be really hard for Cardinals fans and I don't know maybe the brass at the Cardinals as well to kind of separate what we've become accustomed to over the last couple decades but the reality of the matter is you're not going to find another Yadier Molina, even if you find someone in the mold of Yadier Molina. He's never going to be close to what Yadi was. So maybe as tough as it might be for the Cardinals, given the way they like to play and prioritize pitching and defense, maybe Contreras is the one spot where you can kind of look. You know, we got a taste of Herrera. Catchers generally take longer to develop than other position players. Maybe that is the one spot where they look and say, hey, we got to grab some offense here while we can with a guy like Contreras. So if you could just kind of piggybacking off that, if you think that if there's a just listing it out from top to bottom, the biggest thing that the Cardinals need to address this offseason, catching, outfield, DH, pitching, which one do you think is top on that list? Well, I know we're going to spend time talking about those positions that we just ran through, but to me where they could really improve the team is another frontline starter. It's just you know, the questions with Flaherty, I think Wainwright will be back, but eventually Father Time's going to catch up with him. It would be great to have another frontline starter, but it's just hard to figure who that guy's going to be. Obviously, Justin Verlander's out there. It's hard to see him leaving Houston. Maybe there's something for a trade, but to me, if they could add another guy, like what we saw in the Phillies series when they had two pitchers that can beat you in the zone, that's what they're facing in San Diego right now, too, with guys like you, Darvish and Joe Musgrove. You know, they have stuff that plays in the zone in the postseason. Another guy like that with the uncertainty around Flaherty, that would be a nice thing to see for the Cardinals, in my opinion. And we've, we were talking about this earlier. You see teams, especially the ones who are the top four playing right now, just putting out stupid money, I think is the best <laughs> way to put it, to get, uh, yes. get a lot of the big guys. Do you think, you know the history with the Cardinals, obviously. Do you think the Cardinals need to go out of their comfort zone this offseason and maybe play into that a little bit more, spend some more money? You know, I'd love to see it. The way I've described it over the past couple of years is it seems like the Cardinals going back, I don't know, really to the last World Series, kind of in the post-Pujols, or at least the post-first-in-a-Pujols uh, era, they've consistently shown themselves that they're willing to kind of extend for floor, but they're not as likely to chase ceiling. So they'll go out and they'll give a Mike Leake, you know, a five-year contract to be a major league average starter. They'll go out and they'll pay uh, Dexter Fowler to come in and play center field, even though he might not be an all-star level player just to plug that hole. So, you know, I, I do appreciate how they contend every year. And I think if fans got a taste of what it was like for, you know, five or six years without the postseason, they might be singing a different tune, but at the same time, you look at the results over the last decade with this constant contention, but not a ton of deep runs into the postseason. Maybe it is time to rethink and extend themselves for some of those high ceiling players. You know, we're seeing one right now that they basically, declined to get involved with in Bryce Harper. And that was something I would have really liked to have seen them do at the time. I was big on that train. So 
I think history tells us it's unlikely to happen, but I think a lot of fans, myself included, are kind of edging towards that that thought process that maybe it is time to change up the philosophy and go after some of those big name free agents. Well, and Keith, that's why I always go back to the shortstop position. And we just had this conversation a little bit ago because uh, our, our producer and third voice on the show, Tanner Hendrickson, you know, he, he loves, he thinks Mason Wynn is that answer at shortstop. But I also feel like we've done this rodeo before where it's been every year. Yeah, but this guy's coming up. So he's going to be the shortstop of the future. And why would you spend all of this money to block this player? When you have all of these players available to you, the Carlos Correa's, the Trey Turner's, you mentioned the Dansby Swanson's, the Xander Bogart's, I feel like sooner or later you have to stop saying the same thing where it's like, yeah, but we got this guy coming where you can just sign the one player that makes sense and fills that void for you. Yeah, I totally agree. And of all these players, I mean, I said before Swanson, because that's kind of taking the reality of the situation into account (laughs) as well in terms of the finance. But to me, Correa's in that same ballpark as a Bryce Harper. I know that they've already got two Hall of Famers on the corners, but, you know, you heard the DeWitts talk about how much it means to the franchise of always having Hall of Famers on the field. you got a chance to replace two that are outgoing in Albert and Yachty with another guy like Correa. That's kind of Bryce Harper 2.0 to me. They've got another chance to plug that with a pretty much a sure thing, health being assumed, and you figure out where the pieces fall after that. None of these guys are guaranteed. You repurpose win. You know, he's athletic enough that he could change positions. We've seen him play some second base in certain settings. He could certainly play in the outfield. So, yeah, to me, I don't think you would stop that from making a move that you think makes sense for your team. Keith, I did want to follow up. And again, we're talking with Keith Costas of MLB Network here on BKN Ferrario. I wanted to follow up on the pitching side of things with you. You mentioned going out there and get that type of top-of-the-line starter, and we've talked about that on the show before. And, of course, Verlander's name is out there. Jacob deGrom's name's out there. Those are the two, but it doesn't feel like any of those are a possibility. The guy that I keep going back to is Shane Bieber with Cleveland. Do you see any possibility that Cleveland looks at him and says, he's going to start costing us money, so now might be the perfect time to address and see if we can restock our system? I think it's hard to handicap with a relatively new ownership group there. You know, they've kind of had the same MO going back for the better part of a decade, really for Francona's whole tenure there, but... You know, with the run that they were able to make this year and with how weak the AL Central is, I don't think that's something you could count out. They're always going to have to look at value, and that's a division where it's not exactly a steep mountain to climb, even less so than the NL Central. So if the right value is there for a guy like Bieber, I don't hate that idea at all. That's something I hadn't considered, and that's I think that's something worth keeping an eye on for sure. And then, Keith, final one I wanted to ask you is just the postseason as a whole. Yes, the Cardinals did get bounced in that wild card, and yeah, we got a 5-6 and six team going head-to-head in the NLCS, but you also saw the Yankees win last night, Yankees and Astros. Have you enjoyed this new postseason format, or do you feel like you start to lean towards the, yeah, but it feels like too many teams are getting in? I mean, I think it just is what it is with the too many teams getting in. That's just the nature of the business. More postseason inventory means more dollars, and that's what's going to drive all these conversations. So that's just the reality of the situation. As far as the new format, though, I think it's just way too early to, to draw any conclusions. On the one hand, you look on the NL side, and it's easy to say, oh, well, the teams that, that had to play in that first round stayed hot, and they knocked off the favorites in the next round. But when you really peel it back, that's really not what happened. I mean, the Padres and the Phillies were under 500 combined in September. So it's not like they just came roaring into the postseason. And then you flip on the other side 
and the Astros and the Yankees make it through after being something like a combined 20 games over 500 in the, in the last month of the season. So it's two different approaches. There's, it's too early to draw any conclusions, but just as far as the excitement on the field, I think these are two awesome matchups. I mean, there's legitimate heat between the Astros and the Yankees with all the sign stealing and some <laughs> personal things in that series, two passionate fan bases. You know, they haven't faced off with fans in the crowd in the postseason since that all went down. So that's going to be fantastic. And then, on the NL side with the Padres and the Phillies, you know, two fan bases that are hungry to get postseason baseball and just great environments in both of those cities. So kind of two different, two different vibes with uh, the favorites and maybe the, and the underdogs on the NL side. But I think they're both going to be really entertaining series and really good energy in the ballparks, which is obviously going to be great to see after uh, the craziness of the last couple of years. Absolutely. Looking forward to the rest of this postseason and then looking forward to the hot stove season. And uh, we'll talk a lot more about that with Keith throughout the uh, offseason. Buddy, it's always great to catch up with you, man. You're one of my favorites. Enjoy the rest of these postseason, and uh, we'll be catching up with you once the hot stove starts heating up. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.